Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. And verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. We're all driving and and we know that driving can be dangerous. And so as kind of a car education, Papancito might know this, but I have a question. What's the most dangerous part of a car? The most dangerous part. And I will tell you. Because I'm here to educate. The most dangerous part of a car is the nut that holds the steering wheel. <laughs> but that's true, right? Sometimes we're that nut. Amen. So, well, life can have its share of dangers and unknowns, and that's really what this is kind of kind of about, because. This part of the psalm, Psalm chapter 23 and verse 5, it deals with the time during the summer months when the shepherd will take his flock up to the higher ground. And, and last uh, Bible study, we dealt with the valley of the shadow of death. He leads them through the valley, but he leads them up to the high ground where they can feed and have grass for the summer months. So the first part, it said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now you understand that David was a shepherd. And he's writing this from the perspective, not of as a shepherd, but he's a sheep. And the Lord is the shepherd. Well, during the summer months, so the shepherd leads his flock up to the high mountain ranges so they can feed during those summer months. Now, the high sheep ranges of the world are flat. And there's a Spanish word that we use in America to describe them. It's called mesa. They're on the mesas. And it's just high, flat ground. Well, does anyone know? I'm sure there are the people that know this. Not the nut behind the steering wheel. But do you know what the word mesa is in English? Mesa. M-E-S-A. It means table. Thou preparest a table. And that because the high flat ground was where the sheep went. It was the table lands. And boy, I was like, man, there's some stuff that I never knew. I thought that he was just talking about a table of food. Well, you know, in those days, they ate on the ground. Have you ever broken bread? I've broken bread in the Middle East. Do you know what they do? They literally break this unleavened bread and put it on the floor, like on the tarmac or on a newspaper. They don't use tables like we use elevated tables. So this table land, it speaks of this table of beautiful places to feed for the sheep prepared by the shepherd. But you see, the Bible says, in the presence of mine enemies. So before the summer months, months before the flock goes there, The shepherd goes there on a route recon. So he goes there 
to check and see, you know, the good places. Are these places where we can graze a lot? Are these places that are safe? And so he's, he's doing a, uh, uh, a survey, if you please, to see how it could best serve his flock that's going to be coming there later. You know, it's like I remember that when, uh, when Jesus had risen from the dead, they, Jesus was told his angel to tell those Christians that he goeth before you into Galilee. And they said, you'll, you'll find him there. But the shepherd's always going before us. And one reason that Jesus goes before us is that Jesus makes things safe by going there before us and checking it out. So right before the sheep arrive, the shepherd, he'll go and he'll prepare the mesa or the table for his sheep. And so I used to work for a guy and he would, uh, he would hunt deer on this land, right? But you know what they would do all year long? They would put out feed for the deer all year. And maybe people think, oh, those hunters are just trying to go shoot deer. They're, they watch them on cameras and they, they feed them. And uh, it's amazing the, the interaction that they have. Well, the shepherd will take minerals and salt and he'll put it out like, you know, like a birthday party. You're setting off the birthday party. He'll go and put it all over the place for his sheep in strategic locations. So those sheep will have places to have extra than just the grass there. Plus... It, there are also poisonous things. Just because it's a berry, we, we learn as little kids, right? You can't eat it, right? And there are poisonous things for sheep as well, but sheep don't pay attention. They just eat, right? So the shepherd will go and he'll take all of those poisonous weeds, eradicate them, pull them up, so that his sheep won't hurt themselves. And you know, the shepherd's like that. My daughter's nine now, but... There was a time when she could walk right under the table. And our table's made out of a rock, right? So if it contacts your head, your head loses, right? The granite wins. And so all of the points of the table, she would just walk right under it and make my heart flutter like, oh. And she would just do 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 right under the table. So as she began to grow, her head got closer and closer to impact. I think she did get it one time really good. Bam! And it was like a purple spot on her forehead. But I would, I would put my hand like a bumper just on the corner. When I saw her come near, I just put my hand there. I wouldn't explain anything. What were you doing? I was just preparing the table, like literally making sure that it was safe <laughs> so she wouldn't impact and then fall right on the ground, okay? But that's exactly what Jesus is doing in our life. God is going before us, and he's moving things out of the way that would cause us harm. That's the shepherd's job. He prepares the table. And also, there's predators out there. The enemies aren't just weeds that you can eat. And there's, there's a lot of things. Uh, we watch something like on a DVD or something and I'll, you know, we'll get something from the library and you won't know what you're getting. And I tell my daughter like, no, that's it. You know, just turn that off. Sometimes we give it grace, right? They, they say something and we're like, okay, that's grace. And then something said again, I'm like, no, what is it? It's like a poisonous weed. I don't want that in my daughter. And there's a lot of stuff out there, but let me tell you, media is not from a Christian perspective, okay? There's a lot of things that people are putting out there, but it's not to propagate the gospel. But kids don't know the difference. And they'll just eat it. So as a shepherd, we have to, we have to watch over our kids as well. 
And Jesus watches out for us. And if you ever feel that kind of like, mm, maybe the shepherd trying to tell you, don't eat that. <laughs> don't, don't taste that. Predators are also watching for the sheep. It says in the presence of mine enemies, right? So there's predators out there. And uh, you have kids, you watch for predators. And uh, I remember we were at Chuck E. Cheese and there was a guy there that was, didn't belong. He was at Sesame Street. One of these ones is not like the other one. And so he was looking and he looked at me and I met his gaze and I didn't look away. And I just stared at him. What were you doing? I was saying, dude, if you ever try, I'm on to you. That's what I was saying. I, and I don't know if he was a predator. He might have just been weird, okay? But I don't hang out at Chuck E. Cheese if I'm not there with my kids, okay? Or with my kid. If I'm there with my kids, then I've had some explaining to do to my wife because I only have one. <laughs> only one kid. But with other kids, kids, right? It's not a place for adults without kids. Otherwise, it'll stick out. But there are predators watching for the sheep. And uh, there's all kinds of wolves and, and, and cats, cougars, depending on what area you are. So uh, the thing that uh, one shepherd named Philip Keller, he said that cougars would come in and they would just, in the middle of the night, and they would murder the sheep. And the liver would be eaten and the blood would be drained and other sheep would be injured. And it would appear that the, the cat, the cougar, would have was playing. You know how cats play with the mouse. The mouse is panicking, and the cat's just kind of like nipping at it and stuff like that. Well, a cougar would do that with a sheep. It would just bite hunks of its fleece. It wouldn't kill it, but it was just kind of toying with it. And it's interesting. The shepherd said, Philip Keller said, despite all the dead sheep, the injured sheep, the panicked sheep, he never saw a cougar on his property he only saw the results and i say that because i i was i was working at a place uh i was a trash man and i was working at a place getting the the paper trash in orlando mcdonald douglas big big contracting defense contractor so i was wheeling our little trash bins around it's huge it's like walmart times 10 it's huge and it was Halloween, so that all of some of the employees at McDonnell Douglas were dressed up in Halloween costumes. And there was a guy there with like, he had the red horns, and he had the pitchfork and the cape and everything, red face mask. And I looked at him and I said, uh, you're Spider-Man. And he goes, no. I said, you're Superman. And he goes, no. And I guessed a few more. And he kind of got like a kid, like he goes, he was an adult, but he goes, I'm the devil. Like, you don't know I'm the devil. Well, you know, the devil's no joke. I mean, I understand that people like think he's got horns and he's got a pitchfork and, you know, he's in hell. Brethren, he's not in hell. <laughs> and the people, they, they want to make the devil a joke, but the Bible declares in First Peter, he's a roaring lion. And it says, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, the devil's not our friend. And you might read about it. There's preachers. They build big churches. And then all of a sudden, the preacher's gone. And you hear about it. What? Adultery or something else? And what is that? Brethren, that's the devil. And the devil, he will not spare you. He wants to tear apart your family. And the thing is, it's all so subtle. It's just, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then he comes in 
And it's interesting, the shepherd never saw the devil or the cougar. He only saw the work of the cougar. So, well, preacher, what do I do? The devil's real. Well, James says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I would give you this. The Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd. Brethren, the, she- the, the, the sheep that get uh, taken out by the cougars are the ones that are far from the shepherd. If the shepherd's there, the devil ain't getting you. If you walk with Jesus, brethren, if you stay close to the shepherd, the devil, he will not devour. <laughs> so what does close to the shepherd mean? Well, stay close to the shepherds. How do you do that, preacher? I'm not a sheep. Well, read his word. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Speak his word. What did Jesus use when he was out there being tempted of the devil? It's not just read it, but the Bible said the the word of God is the sword of the spirit. The Bible says it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus didn't just think of the word of God. You know what he did? He, He spoke and he said, it is written. And he began to attack. And you know, sometimes we need to do that. And it's good to think about the word of God and have good thoughts in our mind because the devil attacks you right there. And we'll deal with that in a little bit. But the Bible says, preach the word. You know, I've I've had to preach to myself before. And uh, I think uh, it's a famous, I don't know if it's famous. It's a refrain from Pastor Olson. Preacher, preach to thyself. And it's maybe in a different way that, you know, before we correct someone else, let's correct ourselves. But brethren... I speak the word of God. Sometimes I speak the word of God when I'm going to bed. Sometimes I speak the word of God when I'm praying here. But I speak it because you see the spoken word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's not just what we read. It's when we speak it with power. That's why the God chose the foolishness of what? Not reading your Bible, but preaching. When the word of God comes out. And I was watching Reverend Keckel uh, preach. And he was preaching about Zacchaeus. And I was like, man, it was good. It was called Up a Tree. And he was talking about how Zacchaeus went up there, but how a lot of people like to go up a tree, but like kind of hide themselves because they didn't want, he didn't want Jesus to see him. He just wanted to see Jesus. I'm like, man, that's so real. And the word of God was just, it was awesome. And I'm just, I'm just watching it as a preacher because he announced, we're buying the church building in Jacksonville. And I wanted to see it. So you can see him announce that in Graham, Washington. So it's kind of exciting. But the word of God is powerful. And, you know, the word of God is powerful to move our lives close to the shepherd. And it should make you want to go close to the shepherd. So, preacher, what else? Worship. The Bible said, you know, if you're in the presence of the shepherd, you'll find that joy that the devil only promises. The devil only promises. I remember hanging out at the club going, how come I'm the only one not happy? (laughs) Well, I think everyone else is a better faker than me, right? But I don't think there were a bunch of happy people there. You know, I don't know if you have a lot of like good marriages. Like, hey, where'd you meet? Oh, we met at the club doing doing shots of tequila, man. It's a long-term marriage. We're both dedicated people. No, I don't think so, right? But the Bible said, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Psalm 1611. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And if you can get in the presence of God, brethren, God has everything that you're looking for. And the peace of God will pass all understanding. It says you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. He 
he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The second thing he does, it said, God anoints my head. So he prepares a table, then he anoints my head. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now you got to understand, this is written from the perspective of a sheep, right? So the shepherd is anointing the sheep's head. Now, we who live in North Florida know, and it's already started because I already felt some, warm weather brings bugs. Lots of bugs. In fact, you just open the door and mosquitoes will come in. And when it gets warm, hopefully we'll be opening another door and another church in a few months, but the bugs will still come in, right? Because there's just bugs. These bugs can drive sheep crazy so in the summer months when the flies and stuff the gnats and there's all kinds of them there's one that philip keller describes called the nasal fly and it tries to lay eggs in the mucous membranes of you ever see the flies they go in your eyes and they go up in your nose right the flies like that if they do a few days later they hatch and there's little larvae they like swim up into the head of the sheep and burrow into the head of the sheep. And it causes inflammation and irritation. And some of the sheep will just like rub their heads in the ground. Some of them will just uh, 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 go blind. And it said others will just kill themselves because they're so irritated all the time that they just, they just, they want some respite from this constant irritation of these things that are burrowed into their head, these little bugs. So what does the shepherd do? Well, I'm telling you, that's what happens if you don't do what the shepherd's supposed to do. At the first sign of flies, the shepherd of David's time would apply olive oil and sulfur and spices. Nowadays, it's probably more like linseed oil and sulfur and, and other, other things to the head and the nose of the sheep. And once the oil was applied, the sheep would be at peace. They're no longer running around because the flies like putting that, you know, the, the, the off. You know, the sheep are good because the bugs are off. Brethren, the Holy Ghost is like off. And if you have the Holy Ghost, and it's interesting, it said, Thou anointest my what? Head. Head. And you know, if you have long sleeves on, they don't typically bite your hands up, although they can. But that's not something that we're you know, really concerned about. But it's that exposed face and head that gets the spray, right? Well, the Christian, have you ever seen stuff like the, the little distractions of life can drive a Christian crazy? They can drive a Have you ever seen someone walk through a spider web? They're just like walking and then you see them. I mean, they're like, because it's that spider and then it goes all, and there might be spiders in there and then there's like, they look like they're freaking out. It's like one comedian said, uh, I know what happened to the guy. He just freaked out. He was just walking. and then, <laughs> Spiritually, you can walk around like that, though. All those distractions with little flies and the gnats, and you just want to find yourself just doing this. What do you need? You need the Holy Ghost anointing between your ears. That is the solution to the flies of life, right? So you don't get bugged, right? They're bugging me, right? Like my sister and I. We used to poke each other in the back seat because we didn't have DVDs, okay? So you had to annoy your sister. And my little brother, I think, was in the car seat. So my sister said we would go behind the car seat and poke each other because my parents couldn't see it, right? 
So, but the Bible says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, it talks about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. You know, that they would need to re-anoint these sheep over and over again. And if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, brethren, that's awesome. But we need to be renewed. The Bible says in Psalms 85 and verse 6, Wilt thou not revive us again? We need to be re-anointed. We need to be revived in God that thy people may rejoice in thee. Revive us. And also... uh, as the summer months turn to fall months and they're up there on that high mesa plain, they get into what's called the rut or mating season. So I think that's where we are with the feral cats because there was one cat on top of another cat and my daughter's like, hey, what are they doing? And I was like, well, I don't know what I said, but she goes, that cat's being mean. It's holding that other cat down and won't let it go. And I'm like, okay. I didn't even explain it, right? Well, it's mating season. She's nine. She doesn't need to know. She's like, that's a mean cat, right? Well, the rams begin butting heads to compete for the ewes. So it's mating season. So, you know, Christians can be like that. Not necessarily for mating season, but they go around and they want to, you know, push around and be top Christian or, you know, I, you know, I, I got to be the, the, the best guy in the church, the best girl in the church. I remember when me and this other guy kind of liked the same girl in high school. This is a long time ago. His name was Guy, actually. Guy Rocca. And he looked like a weightlifter. Me, I looked skinnier than I am now. But I thought I was something because I took karate, right? So I had my fist and we were disagreeing about something and he was like a big guy and I took my fist and I placed it against his chest and I just pushed him back but with a closed fist and I thought and he didn't do anything and I thought he could have tied me up like a pretzel what was I thinking right what was I thinking I was I was in I was thinking about a girl so you do stupid things when you're when you're thinking off so as Christians when these things happen and when we find ourselves butting heads with other Christians and what we need, what the shepherd would do, he would take on the rams, he would take and he'd put axle grease. He'd put axle grease on their heads and on their noses. So when they ran into and butted another uh, sheep or another ram, they would just kind of glance off because they were all greasy, right? And then they'd feel all silly like, man, that didn't work. But all that tension would be great. But it was the... It was the grease. It was the anointing that stopped the damage. And you know, the Holy Ghost, a, a lot of people, you know, you can, uh, you know, how many people have you met? Well, I don't go to church anymore because I had a bad experience. I mean, I hear that over and over again. Or someone hurt me or someone did me wrong. And you know what? I understand. Look, I've been, I think all of us have probably been done wrong by someone, okay? In church and out of church. You know what? But it doesn't have to have a lasting impact on you if you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That forgiveness just comes and you know what? You did me wrong, but I'm not going to let it stick with me. Has someone ever cut you off in traffic before? No? Right? Maybe you were the person that cut someone off, but someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, ah! And you try to speed up and you're like honking your horn and they're just like, do, 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 do. They're living rent-free in your head. And they don't even know that they cut you off half the time. They're just like driving. They're probably drinking their Starbucks and hitting up Twitter and everything else all at the same time. 
But we stay mad and they're already over it. I don't want to let someone control my life. And what if they did do it? You know what? I remember one guy was up. He was tailgating me and everything. So I just pulled over and I, and I let him go around me. And I just waved at him and he like looked at me. I don't know if he gave me the salute, but I just let him go. And I tell my, my wife and my daughter, maybe they need to go potty, right? Maybe they need to go big potty. Let them go. Let them have an accident in front of you than behind you, right? <laughs> but you just have to look at it a different way. Say, well, preacher, but they're just being mean. I know they can be mean, but I don't have to be hurt. Because I can have that, I can have the anointing oil. He anoints my head with oil. The Bible said he had the oil of gladness. Jesus did. And you know, God gives us just this joy unspeakable, even though people are going to be crazy. But I don't have to be crazy. I can be joyful. Amen. So, and we're not here to compete. The greatest among us is supposed to be, supposed to be our servant. The greatest among us. I got a few minutes um, okay, the last thing. My cup runneth over. You know, I used to think, now what is that? Have you ever like put something like when I'm filling up the coffee at home, if you don't turn it off, it just overflows the cup. If you hold it under the soda fountain, uh, well, now they don't. Have you ever been to McDonald's and they have these automated cup fillers and they will fill the, up the cup and it'll cut off? Oh, not in my day. Those are behind. My day, you're just talking to someone like, <laughs> and you look back and it is overflowing. Thank God for the little drip tray, right? Plus, if you don't like it or it's flat, you just pour it in there. I mean, that's what I used to do. I, I don't know if that's right. Pour in the trash. Like, it's your problem. I'm a customer, right? But that means you've got too much, right? If your cup runs over, there's too much in the cup. I used to think that God just blesses us with too many good things. And you know, that's part of it there. But this was interesting as I read about this because you see the sheep in the autumn months, you start to get the cold that comes in and the sleet and the snow just out of nowhere. Boom. And you can just all of a sudden get shivery. And uh, the Bible said that before Jesus was crucified, he said, Father, if it be thy will, he said, he said, let this cup. It's interesting. He said, let it pass. Why? It was too much. It's running over. I don't know if you ever felt like that, where it's just like, there's too much happening in my life. My cup's running over. I don't know. I felt like that before. And uh, I remember some years ago, Pastor Davis said that he, he had one time prayed and he said, God, it's too much. So a preacher, a preacher would pray that? Yes, because we're people just like you. And it was just too much. And the, the pressure of the preacher, it's, it's incredible sometimes, or, or a pastor, but... The Bible says my cup runneth over. Sometimes it seems like it's too much. Well, the shepherd was always there for the sheep to warm him back up. And he carried this solution to kind of get him off of being chilled. Uh, if the lamb got over chilled, the shepherd was right there. And, and the Bible said there hath no temptation taken you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. But such as is common to man. So if it feels like your cup's overflowing, and maybe it is. It says, but God is faithful, who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So sometimes our cup runs over and it's not a blessing. And I, I don't know if you felt like that, but brethren, it happens sometimes, but say, well, preacher, well, how... The shepherd's going to be there. 
the shepherd's going to take care of you. Because there's also times when the sheep are getting ready to come back down and it's autumn, there's something called an Indian summer. So after the first freeze and it warms back up, it's called an Indian summer. But guess what? No bugs. The bugs are gone, right? They've been killed off by that frost. And so now you have all of this beautiful weather and just a bunch of grass to eat. And it's just like, in a good way, my cup runs over. Because you see, God can have seasons in our life where man just it seems like everything's going right. It's like this blessing and that blessing. You know what? Paul said he realized that this could happen. He said, I know how to be abased. I know when my cup runs over the wrong way. But you know what he said? I know how to abound. He said, sometimes the Lord be blessing and God's just good and you just don't have a church building for 20 years and then you do. I mean, things like that happen. But my cup runs over. So however it runs over, we know that there's a shepherd that he's going to stand with us and he's not going to let us, let it overcome us. So God provides for me. God prepares for me. Not only does that, but God anoints my head with the Holy Ghost. And the third thing is, God gives me extra. Sometimes he gives me extra in a bad way, it seems, allows me to go through something. We really grow in those times. We get close to God. And then sometimes, say, well, preacher, I, I don't like when my cup runs over, but how do you know to how to deal with things until you go through something? Sister Bigelow, what do I do when I get stressed out? What's like my main thing? Go to bed. I was like, man, ain't gonna solve it staying up, stressing out. I go to bed. Like the girls are still up at my house. I'm going to sleep. There's another day. I mean, this thing can wait, right? I'm not gonna stress about it, right? And it, it's pretty good. So if I go to bed real early, and some nights, once in a while, I'll go to bed early. I'm like, I am just done. I'm going to bed. Like Brother Papacito, I'm gonna make a hole in that bed. I'm just done. And it's not even I'm tired. I'm just stressed out. And I'm just going to go to bed. It's like nanny, nanny, boo-boo troubles. I'm not just going to think about you all night. And when I wake up in the morning, guess what? The troubles are still there, but I'm refreshed. I got a new outlook, and I'm trusting on God when that sun comes up for a new day. God has provision for us. He provides for us. Let's dismiss in prayer. Brother David, can you dismiss in prayer? Hey, God bless you. Revival's coming this Sunday. New church is coming soon.